Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. Richard here, your favorite announcer, hearkening you to season six of the podcast. Fred, your principal reminder, asked me to remind you of a most pressing result of prayer. So to converse with God, Him who we daily design to glorify and serve, and whom we expect daily in some measure to enjoy, and fully and finally, ere it is long, is certainly throughout a way of pleasantness and peace. John Howe, a treatise of delighting in God, and tongue and pen and wit cannot express my joy. Samuel Rutherford the joy, peace, and comfort, in short, the abundant life which sustains the soul of the children of God is developed through daily conversation with Holy God. Let's join with Fred now as he reminds us to pray, pray, and pray. Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. My name is Fred, and we are back in the paddock, and we are in the paddock today with a great joy. I have said from time to time over the years that we've been talking together how excited I get when God talks to me in a special way, in a different way or a special way. And we are going to do two devotionals about our real-time conversation with God noting that we need one of those days. And then the second one we're going to do is that when we have one of those days, we need to remember God's promises. I also decided that we won't do business when we do our devotionals. I think it's just better that way as well. And we did a lot of business the last time. So welcome again. If you are back, welcome back. And if you are here for the first time, thank you for that. I've got a little allergy throat thing going. Forgive me for that as well. But like I said, we have great joy. And we're going to look at when we have one of those days. Now, in my culture, when we say this is going to be one of those days, we say it with a common tone of frustration or just being exacerbated by the circumstances that are going on that day. And we don't like those days either, but it's going to be one of those days. It's going to be a hard day. And we need those hard days. We'll see that today. And in fact, I've been having one of those seasons. I've been praying the last few months for some very specific things for myself and my heritage, and that includes all of my family, and then some extended family as well. And I have been praying some very specific things about God's will for us. And in the last few weeks, as I've been praying this, it's been a couple of months, actually, I've had ambivalent feelings this whole time. As I pray about it, I feel like that mild frustration because I don't know, I haven't known exactly how to phrase what I am praying for. And I know God is working, and he's going to bring about what I've been asking, but I'm a little bit nervous and waiting for his answer. Answers, by the way. And in that nervousness, I've just been looking, thinking about what exactly I wanted to pray, and in that frustration, 
I haven't been able to give a voice to exactly what I have been praying or the attitude that I've been praying, and it's been bothersome. I still pray, and I give, and I tell God what I think I need, what I think my heritage needs, my family needs, but I haven't just been able to put my my finger on what's going on. And then a couple of weeks ago, I had some. I've had some news. Several things that happened with my kids and a couple of the extended family, a couple of my extended heritage, the needs that they have that I've been praying for. And, and the news there hasn't been the greatest either. It hasn't been terrible, but it's just been unexpected and kind of a time of waiting. And so as I've been praying over this news, this um, inconsistent news, as I was praying that the, the day that that news came in, I had a great time with the Lord as I started to pray that. And it all began, though, when I was looking at my iPad, and I was looking over my iPad, and there was an app on my iPad that I don't ever remember seeing before. Now, when I opened up the file, when I opened up the app, it was obvious that I didn't remember ever seeing it before, but I've had it for a time. There were several files in there. And so I clicked on the first one, I, just at the top of the list. And when I first read it, it was like I was reading someone else's words. And I read it over and over again. I read through it. I, I read it a, a few times. And I just couldn't remember where it had come from. And then slowly it began to dawn on me that, oh yeah, I was remembering. And it was a specific passage that I was remembering. And when I did, I got really excited and really joyous because God was reminding me of a conversation that I had had with him previously. I don't know when, I don't know how long, long ago it was, but it had to have been some time because I forgot all about it. And it's from the life of David, and it illustrates to us that we need those days. And we need those days, those kind of days to sharpen and to deepen our reliance on God. Now we're going to go to 2 Samuel 5, really really central to what we're talking about, our verses 20 and 21. But before there, real quickly, I've been kind of rethinking my thoughts on general humility, not general relativity, but general, general humility, and not thinking of it as specifically being a, a braggadocious person, or thinking that we have some kind of towering goodness or ability that most other people don't have. But I believe, in general, the truth of our fallen nature is we see ourselves as the center of everything that's, of everything that's going on around us. And the basis of our sin, I think we find in Philippians 2, when Paul tells the Philippians, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. So when I think of humility just generally for humanity, it's that we think we are the center of things. And in some ways, we have a really hard time not doing that. But obviously, we are supposed to put those things aside and not be selfish, but regard other people as more important than ourselves. And there have been some wags in the past, I think they've said it 
several different ways, several different times. But it's basically that we are, that mankind, each individual, is the hero of his or her own life. We might say these days we're the star of our own movie. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about humility and needing to be humble. Because we have that unconscious attitude that, again, everything revolves around us. And we are the important ones. And sometimes we need to remember that we are not the most important ones. Really quickly, a brief history from David as we, as he, as we go through this. In David, in, in 2 Samuel 5, this is a great season, we might say it that way these days, for David. He's finally, he's finally gotten rid of Saul. Saul has died. David is called by the king, both in north and south, both Israel and Judah, those tribes, to be their king. And that's 2 Samuel 1, 1 through 5. And he's only 30 years old. And then immediately he is insulted and challenged. And then he wins and he gets the city of Jerusalem. He calls it the city of David at that time. And it has a great cave. It has a great cave. Now it's called Zedekiah's Cave, I believe, biblically the city of David. And it's also called the stronghold. Because of that cave, there David could flee and have not a fortress, but a safe place around him. So he's called to be king. He is insulted and wins a great victory. And then he just, be, it says verse in verse 10 that he just keeps getting greater and greater. And then the nation of Tyre, in verses 11 and 12, they make him a new house. And it sounds like it might be outside of Jerusalem. And once that happens, in 13 through 16, those verses, David started acting like the heathen kings around him. God had chosen him because of his heart. God had chosen him because he was a shepherd, and he was supposed to be, and would eventually be, the shepherd king of Israel. But he began his reign acting like the evil tyrants around him. And you can read what he did there. He took a bunch of more, he took a whole bunch more wives and had a whole whole bunch more children, which, well, he called them concubines, but in the word of God, in the law, he that no king was supposed to multiply their wives or their chariots and horses. But here David is doing at least the wives. Now from there he gets more trouble. The Philistines are coming. So the very first thing David does then is run to his stronghold, and then he prays. Verse 19, he does what we all should do, ask a God what we need to do next. So he prays, should I go against the Philistines? God says, yes, go down and you'll win. And David did go down, and he won. He defeated the Philistines. But in that interim, when he was in the stronghold, after the Philistines had come, David could rightly say, this is going to be one of those days. And the distress of that day sent him into a safe position, into the stronghold. And David needed that caused David to turn around and start giving God the glory. And so he went and he defeated the Philistines. I believe the momentous victory, at least in David's eyes, is seen in the fact that he named the place Baal 
Perizim, and that means Lord. Baal can be used like the word Adonai for Lord, but it's a but it's in essence God is breaking through. The Lord is breaking through, and He called it a city. He formed a state a city there, and He called it God. Breaks through, and in that moment He gave God the credit where it is surely due. The God who breaks through, and I remember when I first when I first saw that, the reason I wrote those verses down, the reason I had that in that app that I didn't know, that I didn't remember doing, because I took great encouragement at the time asking God to break through. And I don't remember even the, even the circumstances. But what was so exciting is that that gave voice to what, I was, what, I, what I've been asking for the past few months. That formed what I was really, really asking God for myself, for our family, for my daughter and her, her family and her husband, and for my son and his wife and her husband, and for some of their friends. I've been praying for a breakthrough, for God to, to, to do something in the nature of a breakthrough. So in that moment, I was really encouraged. And we will have seasons just like David called to be king. We won't be king, but we'll have those great moments, those great times, overcoming the challenges of being insulted. Maybe we'll get great, great gifts from people. And in those times, we're going to keep, we're going to do what in my, again, in my culture, we call getting a big head, being prideful, losing our humility because things are going so well. In those moments, we need to stop believing our hype. We need someone to chase us into the stronghold and then to pray and then see God come through. And that is why God sends us trouble, because we need those days so that we don't become prideful and that we humble ourselves, praying and then giving him the glory for the answers. We want to see him break through. That has become central now to my prayer for my heritage, is that we will see him breaking through. And glory to God, I believe he is going to do that. I believe that that breakthrough is going to come very quickly. I don't know it yet. Check back in a while and then we'll see. But we need those bad days so that we go to God and we ask him to break through for us, to do what we can't do. It's glorious. Our so what then is we need to reminded we need to be reminded that we are not at the center of everything. We need to be reminded to live, as Paul says, to walk a worthy walk. We need to have that humility. And when those days come, when that trouble comes, maybe on the heels of great victory, when that day when we say, This is going to be one of those days we need to remember to run to God in prayer. And then we need to remember to listen. And then we need to remember and acknowledge that He is the center of all things. That was a long way of saying it. But our so what, in short, is we need to exult in our bad days because they drive us to God. And that's the very best place to be. Heavenly Father, lead us to the rock that is higher than we are. Help us no matter how you need to do it. Holy God, that is a scary prayer, but 
Holy God, I pray that very often because I need you and not my own understanding. I need you and not the victory that I think horses or chariots or money is going to provide. Help us to draw close to you and to trust in you and to humble ourselves and then be set back on the right path that we will consider others as more important than ourselves. We bless you that you give us those days that lead us to the right places. Holy God, teach us to number our days that we may present to thee a heart of wisdom from the rock, the rock of ages. We pray it in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit because we know it is your will. Amen. Thank you guys again for listening. I hope this kind of made sense. God tells us in Psalm 61, he says this through David, Hear my cry. This is what David says. Hear my cry, O Elohim. Give heed to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to thee. When my heart is faint, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a refuge for me, a tower of strength against my enemies. And again, we don't run to a stronghold except it's the stronghold of our Creator and our Savior. That is who we are commended to. Thank you for joining with me in praying for this breakthrough. And I will be praying for you as I do every day. And again, our exhortation, brethren, let's pray for one another.